I lied. I don't have to work. I'm meeting Big for lunch, and I didn't think you'd approve. Wait, you're meeting Big? He called. He sounded upset, and he said he needed to talk. Since when does Big talk? What does that mean? He's upset about Natasha leaving. You know, okay, you know what? I'm not holding your hand through this again. I'm not asking you to hold my anything. We're just having lunch. <laughs> It's a huge mistake. It is not a huge mistake. It's lunch. Wake up, Carrie. How many more times are you going to go through this? He is bad for you. Jesus, every time you get near him, you turn into this pathetic, needy, insecure victim. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that you're more than willing to go right back for more. I am not going back for more, and I can't even believe... I can't believe you would say that to me. All right, everybody. We are back. Season three finale. Welcome to the Mirandas. Welcome back. We've got T minus two days until Sarah is here in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I have my nails done. I went to a new place in Jersey. The price was great. Oh, nails look awesome. I went so with an orangey red. I love it. I had a lot of I had a lot of like color anxiety. <laughs> I don't know if you guys get that when you get your nails done, but some girl walked into the salon and she'd gotten her nails done on Saturday and had come back in and changed it. And she actually changed it to my color and I've never felt more seen. Like I am that girl. <laughs> I am the person that will come back four days later being like, I don't like it. And this needs to change immediately. Oh, that's so, so funny. Oh my she, gosh. She seemed like a total Miranda. I, I, I liked that girl. Um, and I'm getting my spray tan tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. That's my girl getting her spray tan. Um, I sent like a couple weeks ago because I like made reservations like a month in advance to a bunch of places. Um, and I sent a picture of one of the places we're going to. I'm still not telling Sarah where it is. It's not like a big name brand place, but it's just the photo had a pool. And like, that's where you go to eat. And it just looked like for oh dinner. It's just that's a vibe. It's glamour is what it is. It's glamour. And you're like, fucking dress up. Gilly sent but me a nice low key list, glamour, too. Yeah, I sense your packing this. I love that. Understated. It's understated glamour. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, but I, I'm going to say this. I was so busy before I watched this. So I kind of went into watching this episode a little resentful of watching it. And I fucking loved this episode. It is so dated, offensive, <laughs> so insane. Dated. Like, I, I don't even know what I can post on Instagram that wouldn't be completely blocked or reported. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I have I have four words for you. Okay, what are they? Please make it stop. <laughs> In regards <laughs> to Carrie trying to, like, talk... To the trans her woman purple, at the end. Her like Norican, Norican black scent. Like yeah, her, her black scent. Yeah, exactly. She's like, no, I won't do it unless you do a twirl first, girl, honey, girl. Uh, uh, hey, you the flower. Look What up. do you mean, you and the flower? You talking to me? It, it, it is bad. 
It is so hard to watch. And also she's wearing like <sighs> nude hosiery at the same time. So I was like, it was like just a really jarring experience to see like her wearing like nude hosiery, probably in like hundred degree weather weather on her New York City rooftop at a barbecue. Like, yeah. <laughs> What's more offensive, that or the black scent? The black the scent, <laughs> definitely that. Oh my right, god, that was so rough. I'm, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a warning before we start this episode. I am most likely not gonna say something politically correct because I don't even know all of the correct terminology to yeah. describe what's in this episode. So everyone's warned before you listen to this, know that I'm doing my best to not be offensive. But in order to like actually talk about this episode, I'm gonna say something that's really fucking like it, this. Or this or it might so not be dated. like the proper yeah. up-to-date terminology, yeah. which I think I was don't, yeah. Which I think was really interesting about the episode is just to see the language. Um, and it's not mm-hmm. really about language that is shifted, but really just culturally, just gender expression, um, sexual expression, how much that's shifted. And I wouldn't even say changed or shifted or even say it's become more politically correct. I would say that actually things have really opened up a lot more. So... Um, even the terms pre-op and post-op in regards to like a transsexual or transgender person, like people don't really say pre-op or post-op anymore. Like those like clinical terms aren't really like used because it's understood now that people who are trans in whatever like stage and, you know, um, or wherever they are in their journey in their life, like they don't need to disclose their genitals. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're to, absolutely right. To like be justified is- in who they are and how they would like to express themselves. I will say I don't hear transsexual anymore. I hear transgender. Yeah. So that automatically dates this episode because of the terminology. Even the word transvestite you never hear anymore. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's really funny. Like my – I'm a special education teacher. My grandfather was a special education teacher. The language he used to describe the students he works with like hurts my ears. Like I'm not even (laughs) able to hear it because it's so offensive. (laughs) And I literally cringe inside the words he uses. And – so like, <laughs> I'm just I can't even imagine it, but I would right, die laughing, you know, like and sweet poppy, you know, I'm like, <laughs> whoa, like times have changed. So, um, yeah, but I, I think during this time, obviously, they weren't trying to be offensive. They were trying to be progressive. So it really does show you how things change within the well, cultural you know, dialect. I, yeah, I don't know if if the episode was trying to be progressive, to be honest. Like, I think that they were just... Yeah, you're probably right. They were just speaking the way and, like, reflecting the attitude towards, like, trans people at the time. Um, yeah. And sex so workers at the time, we, too. before we... Yeah. So before we get too far into this plot, because we have so much to talk about, let's do a quick summary for those of you who haven't watched the episode. Yes. Um, This is season three, episode 18, the season finale. It is called 
cock-a-doodle-doo. And this theme of cocks actually, you know, kind of is like threaded throughout the episode in various ways. Um, We have Carrie in this episode who is being woken up with roosters who are on the neighboring roof. They're waking her up in the middle of the night and it's kind of making her reflect on her ability to like self-advocate and to be able to express what she wants. Um, in this episode, she also with Miranda, they run into their exes, Miranda, yeah. Steve and Oof. Aiden. Amazing run-in. Great and this run-in. leads, right? And this leads Carrie again down this kind of road of self-reflection and which eventually leads her to a run-in, a planned run-in with Mr. Big. And they have a little bit of closure for kind of a tumultuous, tumultuous season between Carrie and Big. Samantha, this episode is in her seven thousand dollar <laughs> a know. month meat packing. Is it a uh, rental? Loft. My God, I don't know. I hope that I need a mortgage, to know. Like I was trying to figure I, out if that was a mortgage or a rental. Like I, I just felt I was shocked to hear that. Like I'm more horrified if it's a rental. Like what? Yeah. Are you no, doing? I, I I I really hope not. But look it she is in this you know trendy neighborhood, and there are some. As what's referred to in the episode, transsexual hookers, or as they said, Samantha's friendly pre-op transsexual hookers, half man, half woman, totally annoying. They are making a <laughs> that was ton. Scary. They, they are making a ton of noise at night. It's keeping Samantha up. It's driving her crazy, and it leads to some hilarious, offensive, and insane run-ins between the the two groups. Um, Charlotte, this episode is unpacking and reflecting on her own kind of relationship with Trey. And they eventually come back together in the end with a very sexy rendezvous. And then Miranda in this episode is kind of facing her own judgmental self. Um, and this kind of comes up when she's ordering Chinese food and a very stereotypical Asian hostess, um, uh, Asian hostess laughs at her in her broccoli brown sauce order. I'm looking at Gilly's face. There's like a helicopter or something. <laughs> She's so. <laughs> I love it. This is the city to living. God, it's fucking so, Pearl Harbor over you here. Uh, Jesus. Okay, Gilly, but I think this is a perfect way to start the episode. Are you ready? I have a question for you, and I'm just gonna quit quit the summary while while yeah. I, whatever. Go it's for a lot it. going on. I think this was like a very long episode. All right. What's worse, apartment in the city edition? Okay, oh God. I'm watching I you love this. and your face with the <laughs> helicopter, so annoyed. And so, if anyone lives, this in is all city, the time, no, by the way. <laughs> right, noise is just part of the deal. So, in this case, would you rather live adjacent to the animal hospital with roosters crowing every morning, or verse? I'm just going to call them the late night partiers who are up at 4 a.m. Samantha decided if she was ever going to get a good night's sleep again, she'd have to test just how effective a PR professional she was. Ladies, hello. Motherfucker. I live right up there, the loft within earshot. Now, as much as I respect a woman's right for a little something-something with certain New Jersey gentlemen, I have a request. I have a very early business meeting. And I think we all know there are certain dark circles that even the cleverest makeup tricks can't cover. Mm-hmm. Am I right? <laughs> Sorry to wake you, baby. We'll take it down here a bit. I appreciate it. 
pick your poison. Does it, um, can I ask a question? Does the, okay, is the noise contingent upon the location of said living abode? Basically, you have an apartment and you have to choose what would you rather put up with? Well, I guess what I'm saying is like, I would rather live in the meatpacking district than live where Carrie lives. So I would. Okay, so you'd rather put up with the 4 a.m. partiers. Yeah, because I'm like, I would probably be out cold by then. But I think, well, I don't know. But maybe, I don't know. Okay, let me think about this because I feel like. I mean, I don't know. The roosters, like that shriek and that noise sounds awful, like in the show. But now that I think about it, it might be more like natural for a human to like be around, like to rise with the rooster, livestock and (laughs) farm animals. I don't know. Maybe it's like it would bring a, you know, a a rural vibe to your it's really farmhouse chic <laughs> farm to table It'd be, it, it would go great with your Ray Dunn pottery <laughs> you took the joke right out of my mouth you stole my joke Dwight damn it, <laughs> damn it Dwight damn it damn it Dwight um, um, okay so roosters are partiers what do you put I think I'm, I think I'm gonna say roosters I I totally agree I am definitely putting up with roosters. I might even I, like when it. I traveled abroad, like I was in a rural Uganda for like two months and those fucking roosters were every <laughs> morning. And honestly, it became kind of sweet. I don't yeah. know. What is the bucolic? Is that the word? Bucolic? Of the bucolic of the countryside. I mean, it's kind of nice. I feel like in those in those like sexual romance boards, we could have put a rooster on it. You know what? I think I am obliged to put rooster because- Mine was the pastoral whore concept. <laughs> yeah, so this is perfect for you. Um, we actually, funny side note. So, you know, guys, um, Dakota and I just moved. We moved to Weehawken. We're in this gorgeous, gorgeous neighborhood. We have, I've lived in Spanish Harlem for nine years, and I loved it, but I put up with a lot of shit in that neighborhood with a lot of noise. So, we live right on the oh, yeah. water. The we have our like? windows open. It is beautiful. You hear like just the water and the wind. Oh. But for some fucking reason, people love the view. Our view is insane. You walk out the yeah. door. People park their cars at night and blast Spanish reggaeton. And oh, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Not surprised. Nah, okay, okay. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. So it's so funny. We thought we were moving here to this like quiet place. And, and last night it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. But there have been a couple nights. And I think it's also in the summer. Like in, yeah, oh, anyone yeah, in New York City knows. Just the volume is yeah. turned up. Kind of but exciting It was just too. so funny because – this episode really hit home because it's driving Dakota crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. handle more outside noise. Yeah, than 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 him. But um, yeah. So I I did relate to Carrie and Samantha in this episode. They're both dealing with an annoying noise. Yes, yes. Um. So but, what is what is the title yeah. of this episode? I think you already mentioned it, but cockadoodle do. Oh God damn it! God damn it, Carrie. Um. Okay. Can we talk about? <laughs> The overarching theme, which I'm sure you also already mentioned, but like it is interesting yeah. that, yeah, go for it. Cause it is interesting, like Big and Aiden, like uh, how they fall into it as well. Like cocks. Yeah. So unexpected I know, cocks. I really think- 
<laughs> yeah, there, there's a literal like meaning here with the cock. Like there are cocks in this episode in the sense <laughs> that there are men who the women are facing different challenges with. And, and surprises. They are all kind. Yeah, they're all face facing their own like rooster crowing. And they're all cooing. I don't want them. Yeah. All of them are like surprising. All these cocks are like surprising the woman between like you know, the sex workers outside and uh, Trey showing up at Charlotte's apartment, big randomly calling Carrie, Aiden and Steve, like appearing at the cafe, like on the sidewalk. Like they're all kind of like popping out of nowhere. So, yeah, these are not necessarily welcomed cocks, but <laughs> they are there. And yeah, I, I I feel like there was a theme in the beginning of the episode and it had to do with kind of obsessing over problems. Yes. And yes. I think that theme yes. is also really transparent in the episode in which Carrie is, you know, ob- obsessing about, you know, like Aiden obsessing about Big, obsessing about the roosters. And you have Miranda obsessing about is the a hostess at the restaurant ju- judging her. Charlotte is kind of obsessing over Trey or saying, no, I'm not going to obsess anymore. Yeah. Right. Like she's saying I used to, and I'm not going to. And then Samantha is obsessing over this problem. So I think this actually might be a great episode for us to discuss with like obsessing and ruminating over a problem. I don't know. Yeah. Getting my computer charger. But yeah, so I think there's like a ton to uh, discuss in this episode. There is so much to discuss. I actually kind of, okay, what I want to get started in is right smack in the middle of the episode, which is they're at Charlotte's apartment and they're helping Charlotte unpack because she's separated from Trey. I was kind of surprised to see that she was like moving things like picture frames to unpack. Like, I feel like you'd move that kind of shit last, like, when you know you're getting divorced. But, like, if I thought there was still a glimmer of light, I wouldn't, like, be bringing my, like, tchotchkes and, like, decorative shit over. But, okay. (laughs) Whatever. Don't fully understand what's going on. Um, (laughs) That's such a good observation. (laughs) And Miranda and Carrie have just come back from running into Steve and Aiden on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. with their new girlfriends. And in this scene, it says Carrie being like announcing, well, they're officially over us. And uh, Samantha's like, were they cute? And Carrie's like, that's not the point. And Miranda's like, they were cute. And Carrie's like, very cute. And um, yeah, I. Well, maybe we should talk about the actual run-in, which was hilarious. But an interesting question was posed, which is, do men move on more quickly than women Mm. from relationships? Okay. If we were to look at the definition of moving on, I think there's two different ways to look at it. There could be physically moving on, right? Like maybe hooking up faster after a breakup, um, kind of giving the, um, having the outside look of moving on. I think men can do that much quicker because I think they can, not all men, but I think a lot of men can kind of repress difficult emotions or express them in like different ways, like cope, different cope, coping mechanisms. But, um, I think, 
I think it really depends on who did the breaking up. I think if Me a too. girl breaks up with a guy, she's probably been planning to break it off for a while and can move on <laughs> a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, I think it's like not a I, watching this. I think it's not a gendered thing. Um, I think it's like that's what kind yeah. of dates the episode or this part of the episode. Um, I think to your point, it is actually really related on like kind of whose terms it was. Um uh, but I think it also varies from person to person. I mean, there's some people who are like more se- serial monogamists and I am so not a serial monogamist. Um, no, but no. like at the same time, just cause you move from one relationship to the next, that doesn't equate to moving on either. Um, whereas like, that's very true. Yeah. Whereas like, I'm not a serial monogamist, but you know, I feel like in my current situation, I'm kind of doing okay. And so, um, yeah, I think it's like kind of a personality thing. Like, and like you said, some people might exhibit moving on in the form of like going on dating apps and like hooking up with new people or even just going on dates with new people. Um, but like actually be, you know, have a poor diet and not sleeping well and, you know, not so going to therapy and stuff, not taking care of themselves. Let's define what would you define as being moved well, on? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We got to do that. To, to me, it would be when you find out that that other person is happy in dating somebody, it does not fucking bother you. It does not move your needle anyway. And I actually think that can yeah. take a long time to yeah. get to that place. I think there's moving on in the sense that you don't feel pangs of sadness anymore, right? There's that moving on. And then there's the moving on, like, when you hear about, like, an ex and you just kind of are, like, almost, like, giddy to hear. Like, oh, my God, like, I like hearing that gossip or I like hearing that news. It doesn't – like, because I remember with some exes, I would, like, search in conversations hoping somebody would mention them just so I could get, like, bits of information, like an addict. And that was clearly not being moved on. So I think it's also, you know, just little beha- how you process new information with that person. Like, yeah. Does it trigger you? Does it make you, you know, and I, but, and, but maybe there are some exes that will always trigger somebody. Well, yeah. Moved on and happy. I was going to say yeah. there, there are many instances in which a person doesn't deserve to, for you to be happy for them. Like, especially if it yes. ended poorly or if they treated you badly. And I don't think you need to be happy for them in order to prove that you're doing well. I would say it's what you what you said, which is when you wake up that day and you're excited for, you know, what's ahead of you and you can kind of compartmentalize that other old relationship and like know that like, you know, you're you've 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 put it aside and that you're it's when you can really demarcate okay that was an old chapter i can still be really hurt i can literally hate that person's guts but you know what i'm not in that chapter anymore i'm in a new chapter so i think i think that's moving on i think when you're still like rehashing or talking about the ex like the way carrie does about big even in this episode that chapter is still that is open, you know? Yeah. And I think out of, you know, Charlotte, Miranda and Carrie, Miranda is the one who probably exhibited the most 
being moved on. Yes, um, totally. And you she know, even asked Charlotte, about Steve's relationship. Yeah. yeah how was it? And I think going? she was probably genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it was to like fish to hear something bad. I think she was actually curious about him. Um, I really liked that interaction between yeah. Miranda and Steve. It shows mm-hmm. the like love and kindness they had between each other. There was a quote I really liked, and this is after, you know, Miranda goes to the Chinese restaurant to kind of confront the hostess. And then she realizes the hostess just like laughs and giggles at everything. And she doesn't need to be judgmental or offended. Um, you know, I think we can all relate to taking something personally that we shouldn't. Yeah. Like, not everything's about you. The hostess is on um, autopilot. Then, That's just how she like interacts with the customers. Ex- exactly. And Miranda sees Steve there. It's kind of their old Chinese neighborhood spot. And she starts talking to him about like, you know, was I judgmental? How yeah. bad was it? And then, you know, we'll discuss the fight Carrie and Miranda got into, but Miranda mentions it. And then um, something that Steve said is, uh, where is this? Um, Miranda, only you and I can yes. ever really know what happened between you and I. It's nobody else's business. And I, even though it's kind of like a simple line, I thought it was sweet and to kind of you know, encapsulate the, the small little world that couples create. And yeah. even if you get advice yeah. from friends, you read things online, you listen to fucking podcasts, like only truly you know that relationship with that yeah. person. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy to be influenced from the outside. But at the end of the day, the two people in it know it the best. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that exchange, because it was the first time I actually like thought, wow, Carrie kind of like manipulate manipulated Miranda a little bit, like in their fight in the vintage store, like Miranda was trying to address like a really big issue with Carrie, which is and maybe this is my character, of course, um, and big issue with Carrie, which is like big is this man. You broke up his marriage. You were really upset about how it ended. Natasha, the tooth, all of this stuff. Like, it ended your relationship with Aiden. Like, he is bad for you. Is You know, he's bad for you is what Miranda points out. And Carrie, it was just the first time ever I noticed that Carrie, by bringing in Steve, was like, I just thought that was like a really manipulative way to take, like, the responsibility and accountability off from herself. Oh, yeah. No, and but she even kind of admits that where she says, you're allowed to call me needy and blah, blah, and I can't say anything. And I'm like, well, usually in a fight, like, you don't actually have to. I mean, like, you can say shit back if yeah. you want the fight to keep going. But, like, it kind of shows that, like, Carrie is not in a place to ever hear feedback from people. And even yeah. at the end, she's like, you don't really think that about me, do you? And Miranda's like, no, I don't. I'm like, bitch, Miranda, you do think yeah, that. Yeah, you do. And everyone thinks that. Yeah. I do want to backtrack because I would like to spend more time on the call, you know, the fight um, that Miranda and Carrie have. But I do want to backtrack because it is interesting that we kind of were saying just a few minutes ago that maybe it's easier to move on when you haven't been broken up with. But the irony of the situation is Steve and Aiden were the ones who were broken up with. They didn't do the breaking up. And um, my question is for you. I, in my opinion, I thought this must have felt pretty. If I were, if if we were Aiden and Steve, imagine, and we were on the sidewalk and we had been dumped by two other people, like I eat Carrie and Miranda. 
it would pre- feel pretty fucking good to have like two very attractive, like, you know, new girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever they are, like show up. Two beers at a time. What? Miranda and I give you guys a drinking problem? <laughs> They're not just for us. So. I have nightmares about that lady's room for weeks. Carrie, Miranda, Jessica, Susan. Hello. Honey, do you still want to see the movie or just crash? Okay. What, what was oh, your reaction yeah. to that? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean... First off, seeing I I loved seeing um, Aiden and Steve like be friendly. Yes. this is the first time they'd really interacted in this way, and this is a, a, a friendship that continues. Yes, I love that. Um, so I I just loved seeing them bond, and I also thought it was funny that the girls kind of assumed that it was about them, and then they're really bonding, and they have these two other like cute chicks with them. Yeah, and they. It was really funny when Marie and then Carrie makes a comment like, oh, two beers. Like, what did we do? Did we drive you to like drink or something? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, actually, these are for like two, you know, like they have their dates. So Susan and Jessica, sometimes people just come out on top in these situations. And we've talked about this a lot on the show, Mm -hmm. this like ebb and flow and this kind of game of like power exchanges of like who's coming out on top, who looks worse. Mm -hmm. And in this situation points to Steve and Aiden in which point to them. I know. I mean, this one, Aiden looked shell shocked, to be honest, when Carrie, well, he looked bad. Um, I'm not going to lie. He looked (laughs) like a Jesus impersonator um, or some other, maybe like he, was in the band Creed with his long hair and <laughs> he looks his like goatee. A Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think he looked great. You can tell like post breakup when someone's trying a new look. Um, okay, so we're, we're not gonna agree. We're gonna let's agree to disagree. I mean, I just thought he didn't look great, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've also a couple times said that he looked really great, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so that aside. His, sorry, I wasn't talking about what he was fucking wearing, Sarah. I was talking about his reaction. Was okay. Yes, he yes, seemed yes. very shell shocked to see Carrie. He seemed very. Oh, he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. You could tell that. He, I mean, he looked like he was about to pass out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe start crying, like hyperventilating in the bathroom or something. Yeah, but I loved Steve's reaction. He was so cute. He's like, see, this is what I love about street traffic. You know, I thought that was so cute. Like, he was really excited to see Miranda and Carrie. Um, Yeah, Steve seems to be doing pretty well. Miranda and Steve looked kind of pretty content in this, particularly Steve. Um, And then when they're trying to leave... And they yeah. like are going they, in opposite directions and they're like, oh shoot, romantic going the same direction with each other. They they played awkward so well. They played awkward so well, yeah. They did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so then we don't really hear or talk about Aiden the rest of the episode. Yeah. It shifts the focus to big, which really plays to the season in Ugh. which it is about big, and that is Carrie's focus. And Big randomly calls her up. I hate that that and she had a double he, whammy like that in a week. I mean, I just feel like that know, doesn't happen, like, but God. or it does. No, I mean, no, no, I don't know. Like, well, sometimes people say like you know, like when like one guy comes back, it like you know, oh the, yeah, the yeah, 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 are yeah. opened like yeah. people do. I mean, I've never experienced that, ever, <laughs> but 
Yeah, neither have I. Yet, totally. I don't think I've ever had anyone come back. But like, I know what you mean. Just... <laughs> Old adage, right? But yeah. I totally understand. Okay, inside joke. I've always wanted to be part of one. Um, yeah, I acknowledge it exists. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that you know, and Big calls her up. He wants to see her. They, they want to meet in the Central Park boathouse, and this is what kind of initiates and is the spark for the fight between Miranda and Carrie. Um, yeah. Do you want to kind of lead, lead the intro into like why they got into this fight in this vintage store? Yeah. So like cute store. Yeah. So they're in a vintage store. They're like flipping through the racks, kind of chatting at the same time. And Miranda asks Carrie, Hey, like, what are you doing Saturday? Do you want to go to the Hockney show at the Met? And Carrie's like, no, I have to work. And we all knew that was a bad lie because Carrie doesn't really work. You know, <laughs> like she's always on a deadline. Yeah, she's always on a deadline. And, um, you know, she backtracks and realizes that she didn't want to lie. And so she said, you know what? Actually, I lied because I I'm seeing big. I didn't think you'd be like happy to hear that. And Miranda, like knee jerk reaction is like, you're seeing big like well, he what? Um, And Miranda you know, uh, Carrie's saying to Miranda, yeah, like, we're going to meet up and have a talk. Um, I basically, like, need this to, like, get closure, move on, which I don't fucking understand, which I would love to know. Your and she of. says that he needs it, too. He oh, yeah. Who it. fucking gives a fuck what he needs? Um, yeah. Sidebar. Um, but Miranda's like, oh, like, is pissed. And this is my note is that this is the quintessential Miranda call up moment moment of the entire series. Um, There's nothing more than what we have here. Maybe there's an episode in season six. Yes. With the Paris shit. But this is you're right. This is the ultimate Miranda call out. And I'll let you that. You want to read it? Let that call out chime. What are you going to do over there without your job? Eat croissant? Um, you go. You read it. Okay. I I was doing this with the dictation on my phone, so I definitely missed some words because I was like listening to it and dictating it. So she says, um, you know, Miranda's frustrated. Carrie says it. You can see it in Miranda's face. She's huffing and puffing by the racks of clothes. Wake up, Carrie. How many times are you going to go through this? When are you going to get it? He's bad for you. Every time you're around him, you turn into this pathetic, needy, insecure victim. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that you're more than willing to go right back for more. I think I may have abbreviated part of that because it was long. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, she calls her pathetic, needy, insecure victim. I know. That's all. That's all. A lot to unload onto a friend, um, whether you believe it or not. Like, you kind of got to, like, let out, like, a smaller dose, I think. Like, that seems like a lot of pent-up Miranda, like, angst. Like, I I will say this. I think calling anybody pathetic (laughs) might be the cruelest thing you can say. I know. You're right. Yeah. really harsh thing. Like, when you say, like, needy and insecure, everyone's like, I I know that about myself. But, But like, pathetic? (laughs) I mean, she yeah, is an insecure bitch, but don't call me pathetic. <laughs> but if anyone's going to be called it, it should be Carrie. Yeah, I know. Because I think we've called it multiple times. Um, yeah, I, I mean, really interesting call out, right? Because really? it's like, whoa, the writers, are the writers seeing this? Does, is this giving us yes. insight into right. 
like how the writers actually see this flawed character that mm-hmm. maybe they understand how flawed this character is yeah. for having a, you know for having Miranda calling these qualities I out. mean yeah this is the third season at this point so you know it's always interesting I mean who knows what was going on you know with you know write-ups about the show at the time but you know obviously there wasn't like internet you know blogging and writing the way there is now but Maybe they like saw how the audience yeah. received Carrie as you, you know, um, and thought, okay, yeah. like let's work with this. Um, but I, I do think, um, I do think just to be fair for Carrie, like, yeah, you know what, like she was being like really attacked, um, and she like did kind of have to defend herself in some way, um, I, or I yeah. understand her need to like stand up for herself. Because that was a oh, lot absolutely, from Miranda. Absolutely. No one is going to like bend over and just take that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I don't care how Zen you are. And I've definitely tried like Dakota and I kind of like were bickering the other mm-hmm. night. And, and then I, I'll like try to like be like, well, well I, I don't care. Like you could, I can try my best to like put up a, like a guard and it's really fucking hard to be Zen. And like, you're right. I am pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so like I totally get why Carrie like barked back. Yeah, of course, of course. And she's like, you know, Miranda, you're so judgmental. Which is God a- forbid anyone makes a mistake. It's just like, well, okay. I can't believe you would say that to me. If you start up with big again. I am not starting up with big again. Well, if you do, I don't want to know anything about it. I mean it, Carrie. No calls, no crying. Oh, what are you gonna do, Miranda? You're gonna cut me out of your life like you did to Steve? What? The first sign of any little weakness or flaw, and you just write people off. My God, Miranda, you are so judgmental. (gasps) Oh, what, you can say that I'm pathetic and needy and I can't say anything to you? You know, everybody's not as tough as you, Miranda. Pete, some of us make mistakes. And something, something about Steve and you cut him off right when he starts showing a sign of weakness and God forbid anyone make a mistake. All right. Rewind. Why didn't Miranda and Steve. Oh, because Steve was acting kind of childish and he He like wanted it. He wanted a kid and she's trying to make partner at the firm and she just like it was too overwhelming for her. Yeah. And they I think they'd also been like. Not agreeing on things or whatever. Yeah. Steve yeah. wasn't ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. He, yeah, the thing is, he wasn't ambitious. And we don't see that ambition grow until a bit. And so Miranda kind of like, I don't blame her for breaking up with yeah. Steve. That for right now of where they both were in their lives, it wasn't a good fit. And they do come back together for a reason. Um But yeah, I was pretty proud of Miranda for calling Carrie out. But I yeah. would say it was... It was it was harsh. It was yeah. I would say cruel, and um, that's like a sister level or like a family level fight where somebody can say something yes. that cruel and you can like almost come back from it. You know? Yeah, that's like a Kardashian like, fight. I don't know if you can come back. From yeah, that. exactly, exactly. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I actually want to get into Big and Carrie. Yeah. So what do you? Yeah, I would like to do a little bit of a role play with you. <laughs> oh, t- oh, tell me. Tell me what it is. <laughs> so I'm big. You're Carrie. Okay. Oh, okay. Big is trying, just like the episode, he's trying to he's get back in touch with Carrie because he wants to talk to her. 
Now, what I thought was really interesting about just this whole thing is that she's like completely allowing him. Like, it's not even asking, like, can I get like a heads up on what you want to talk about? She is willing to just go meet him at like a really nice like luncheon in at the Central Park Boathouse. Yeah, people get married there. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so I thought that was like so kind of odd that they had such a I mean, it should be formal. There should be some distance, of course. But it was just weird that it was like, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. But I think it was reflective on the time of doing things on the on like phone calls and and answering machines. She left. We ended it. I heard. You did? How? I think it was on the news. Could we have lunch sometime? Well, I really need to talk to you. Please? Where? The Boathouse Restaurant in Central Park. I would like to role play this out as if it was an iMessage like text thread. Oh, I, I so know where you're going with this. Let's do it. All right. All right. You're I'm reaching big. out first. Yeah, I'm reaching out. Okay. Hey, how's it going, Ace or Kid? All right. I would look at the phone and I would not respond for <laughs> quite a bit of time. <laughs> right. You would call like everyone that, at two in the morning, Miranda, and be like, right. That that that's a holding like a what's what's it called? You like hold a flight. Like it's a holding pattern. Like you yeah. can't respond to that text immediately. Okay. No one carries. She might. But let's say Carrie. Uh, but then I'm going to hop right back in and be like, hey, I know you're there, kid. Hey, so sorry. Had a deadline for work. Carrie. Carrie just always having a deadline. <laughs> hey, so sorry. Was working. And like maybe some like calm, like, yeah, something like that. Or like, oh, I, I didn't get your text. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you to play Carrie, not yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, kid, I know Call you're up. there. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so she's like, hey, like maybe like a hey you. Would she do that? Like not yet. Hey not you? yet. I not think yet. she would meet okay. it with some attitude. You just want to role play the characters? <laughs> It seems like maybe you have a vision for this interaction. I think Carrie would be like, um, I think Carrie would would play the game. I think she's all about mind games. I think Carrie would be like, she'd have a pithy response. Yeah. Hi, period. (laughs) Okay, so here's two sides. Ready? You can play the game by being like, optimistic and kind of laissez-faire, like, I don't care. Like, hey, how are you? Or just like a high period. High period to me is showing a little bit of anger in that that punctuation. So you believe that she'd want to show her anger, whereas I think she may want to come off like cool, chill girl. No, I think she wants to – I think she thinks she's coming off as chill, cool girl, but she's has anger. Okay. High period. He's like, well, how you been these days? I'm good. I'm busy with my column. How are you? 
And then he, and then what would he say? He'd be like, say, "Well, I miss you, kid. I uh, been wanting Natasha to." Natasha and I are over. Um. Yeah. Exactly. And and she'd be like, "Yeah, I heard." And he'd be like, "Who?" And she would be like, she wouldn't even answer. She would ignore that question. She would literally. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> Hilarious. No, I think she would like ignore that question and just be like, "Yeah, yeah." How are you like, doing? Um, yeah, like what's new? Um, because I think she maybe. wants big to acknowledge Natasha. I, I think she'd be. I mean, I would be pissed off if he didn't acknowledge <sighs> Natasha. You know? Yeah. So I think okay, that would so help. Let's fast forward to him asking lower her guard to meet up. Um, yeah. You know, I would love to see you and you know catch up and you know talk talk about some things. Talk about how I'm doing and... Like what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... Natasha, you know, left and I'm living alone and... Painted my apartment this terrible red color and... Um, you know, I could use your... Fashion sense. Um... (laughs) (laughs) You're laughing because you know it's real. You know that this is correct. (laughs) Okay, so... Do you think Carrie would respond? I think she would play it off like, oh, I'm busy then, but like I could make it work like this time. I think she would like make it seem like she's a very busy schedule. Oh, she would absolutely do all. Well, and and you know that Carrie would brag about it, too. She would be like, well, I have a meeting with, you know, the head person at um, Vogue, Bizarre Vogue. And um, but Saturday 2 p.m. is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Central Park Boathouse. I'm there. Yeah. And I I think, like, I I wonder, do you think she would confirm with him before via text that he was actually still coming? Or do you think she would just blindly show up? Do you think she needs the confirmation that the plan is still happening? Yeah, and but I think he would give it to her too. I think in my role play, I would give it to Carrie and just be like, "Hey, like, I, I, I think so." Just checking in. Just want to make sure you don't ditch me. Uh, play hooky on today, kid. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I love how many times you say "kid." It's just like it becomes like very like um like father daughter porn a little bit. Like, you're just- like it's just like kind of gross um 2 p.m yeah. boathouse <laughs> little girl it's like a <laughs> this is turned into chris hansen to catch a why don't you take a seat right there <laughs> you told her that you wanted to bleep her bleep with your 17 year old cat okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've seen a lot of okay. Gilly. Side note, side note, just real quick. That show is so <laughs> fucking insane that our country has a show in which we have a reporter setting up traps to catch predators. I and people watch it as entertainment. Like, adore it. I adore every minute of it. It is so good. I could watch it for, forever and ever. No. And I love the ones that are on the show more than once when they like the multiple offenders. <laughs> Creepy offenders. And they're and then he comes out and they're like, uh oh. 
oh shit <laughs> yeah no i'm sorry but like there are some reality shows that that the that america has produced such as um the swan the plastic <laughs> surgery before and after show and yeah, catch yeah, a predator yeah. that are just so alarming yeah um but anyway yeah so yeah so with him saying yeah big is to catch a predator and carry in this conversation. But no, I think that's, it's kind of funny. The, the, the text exchange was kind of similar to the conversation, if I'm being honest, Gil. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to say the same thing. It kind of was. You just did a dramatic reading of it. Well, I feel like Carrie, if I were Carrie and this was happening via text, I'd be like, I need, to, and this is me, not Carrie. I need to know why it's so important for you to see me. Like, I deserve that. Why is it so important? Are you going to just like, am I just going to be your soundboard? Am I just going to hear excuses? Like, I think you're you're saying that's what you would say, not what Carrie would say, because Carrie would never say that. Well, that's the thing. Carrie is so addicted to him that she's like, do PM at the boathouse. You know, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Um, sorry, did you say Speaking you were of, Saturday she, or Sunday? <laughs> she showed up in like once again, like such a statement dress. Yes. She is showing her flirty femininity, of but course. with a heavy dose of sex appeal. Like yes. boobs are out, curves yes. are hugged, fabric yeah. is sheer and light. Yeah. She's definitely making a statement. Well, yeah, and compared to the newspaper dress she wore with Natasha, I thought the dress that she had with Natasha was very like pick me girl like i'm going to show you i'm hotter than you dress whereas this dress was carrie trying to play it coy with big and not have everything out on the table yeah. but like yeah. and it, even though it's so obvious that he's got his hold on her but i i do think just like i think carrie should have asked more i don't and then i think that's why miranda was annoyed i think that's why i'm annoyed which is like you're just gonna drop yeah. every you're gonna you're not gonna go to the hockney show with me at the met you're gonna yeah and but this is a consistent theme yeah. with carrie and big this yeah. makes sense carrie does not grow as a character yeah Do you know why it's because she keeps making the same mistakes over yeah. and over again like she is stuck in a cycle of suffering yeah. it's because she's repeating the same shit all the time. And we're going to see this happen like again, yeah. basically until big dies. Yeah. Like, because she believes you know? that like, which I think will be interesting to see in the next season of it just like that. Well, not that interesting. Let's hold our horses now. But I think I am curious to see if Carrie in season two of just like that will like, learn about how like love can be different like i feel like carrie equates love equals pain pain equals love like you know yeah. i think that she, a lot of people do Gil. i know and i think a lot of like which we've talked about endlessly a lot of it has to do with like media like narratives and depictions which are like fictional and can written by humans really, can i tell you a really cheesy quote 
do it. I Love think it. it's been attrib- attributed attributed to the Buddha, and I just don't think this is fucking accurate. I think it's some person <laughs> on Tumblr, and it's something TikTok. like when you like kind of meet the person you're supposed to be with, your heart doesn't beat fast; it just kind of stays still. So, and and I know this is like really cheesy, and that's kind of like a Tumblr post, mm-hmm. like waiting to be like reshared. Mm-hmm. But I think it's true in that when you meet somebody who like really fulfills you, like they don't really make you nervous I yeah. guess and I think they can excite you but they don't give you anxiety yeah um I I I at least believe that and that I there was a lot of guys I was interested mm. in yeah and like they made me feel very unsettled like but a roller coaster I associated yeah and I associated feeling unsettled with me being interested and them being interested in it being exciting and that being attraction and so when there was something like really solid and calm I kind of thought that was a little bit boring because it didn't give me as much of like a dopamine hit exactly it wasn't as like oh that's stimulating those little piecemeal um, morsels that you get are just such a yeah like you said stimulating and and then when you yeah. like when you don't get it, you sink low. And as soon as you get it, it's like, you know, you shoot up high and it's um, it's yeah. not like stable. And that's Carrie Bates relationship. It's not anything. There's no stability in it. It, it was the basis of it is uncertainty. It's completely fireworks settled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really curious. Would you rather talk about the just a quick pivot? Would you rather talk about the Charlotte plotline or the Samantha plotline? Because I think we can't go without talking about what I could only be called the offensive Olympics. Like this was just let's one get thing. into the okay. offensive Olympics. My note is this. <laughs> Please make it stop, which we've already said. But also, like this episode was, you know. A tad transphobic. <laughs> this was incredibly transphobic. Um, in the span, Gilly, I'm going to say a lot of things here that are quote from the episode. <laughs> in the span of three minutes, these these are things that have been stated. <laughs> there they were, Samantha's friendly pre-op transsexual hookers, half man, half woman, total annoying. Get that thing out of my ass or I'm going to shit on it. Okay, that's what one of them said. Um Trant, uh, trendy by day, tranny by night. I know that was my gentrification call out. I, I'm paying a fortune to live in a neighborhood that's trendy by day and tranny by night. Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And again, and this is all in three minutes. Tranny, transsexuals, chicks with dicks, boobs on top, balls down below. <laughs> um, and then they move on and they say, is it too early for tranny talk? Like that was within, I have never <laughs> seen the word tranny used so much on a television show. <laughs> crazy that that was the writing. I know. Insane. I know. It's crazy. And again, like um, just kind of what we were saying at the top of the episode, it's like really interesting just to see how language has shifted, not just because of like political correctness. Um, But I think just in terms of openness, which is there's more open dialogue, more open discourse and more like people who feel open. um, And I think social media has like a big, you know, leg in that um, to talk about their trans experience, talk about even their transitioning experience, um, talk about their identity um, and, you know, that like there are just so many like other terms now that are more like specific or succinct 
um, to, you know, describe um, gender, gender fluidity and um, just like anything really outside of kind of the cis binary sphere. So, yeah, it's um, it, I, it, it feels this episode feels so old. It, it is. It feels very, very old. And I think any kid who grows up in this generation, if they were to watch this, it would be very jarring yeah. to see how trans individuals were treated. Um, and, and yes, like these also are, and also just the idea of calling like someone a hooker and like sex work has changed yeah. so fucking much since like the early aughts. Like a yeah. lot of sex work is now online. Yeah. And so, so maybe like the visibility of like actual like hookers, like in New York City, that was yeah. definitely a thing, right? Like there were people that were out on the street. Like, like street walkers, quote unquote, street hookers, night walk. Whatever I was gonna say, night walkers. Is that from <laughs> is that from Game of Thrones? <laughs> whatever. I don't know. So I think sex work in it, sex work in it in itself has really changed, and so the face of sex work has changed. But I remember watching this, and like this was probably I don't know, maybe like fifteen years ago. I probably watched this, and that kind of stereotype of somebody who was trans was really embedded in my head in which it was somebody who really presented very masculine, right? Like the very muscular arms, the very narrow hips, the very muscular, um, masculine features, but dressed as a woman, like a, a very, like like a very bad wig. Yeah. And I, so I associated for a long time, trans individuals with drag Yeah, and, Right. And so when conversations about like transgendered and gender identity, that was a whole yeah. other concept to learn because what we were shown for a long yeah. time was what's shown in this episode, which is like yeah. very over the top, like kind of like characters, drag race individuals. Yeah. And I think this episode does that with like the um, Asian hostess. Oh, right? yeah. Like the very over dramatized kind of like idiot. Um, uh, I just I like they made fresh I, off I the can boat, imagine this act, right and I I can imagine this actress having them be like you know do it more Asian or do it more oh I'm this sure way, right? I'm sure right? casting people were like that yeah and the thing is like in New York City sure you will hear people who English isn't their first language and there's an accent but they're not like dumb and they yeah. don't speak that way so I think this this episode for its time kind of portrays others in a very stereotypical way. And it kind of just makes sense for this show. Well, yeah. Um, and it reinforces like, you know, I mean, the, the show is the show like, like, which we've talked about, like a TV show, any sort of programming doesn't need to like appease every single person and identity on planet earth. Right. This woman, it, I mean, this show is about, you know, affluent white women. And that's okay. I don't think yes. that they need to like check off every single box. And that being said, you know, it is their solar system and everybody else is other and revolves around them. And so um, they are separate. Like um, even men at times are, you know, considered other and separate and not really like, integrated into like the soul um yes. and like vulnerability of, of the characters um yeah and so yeah i think that i think that was really well said there yeah it's interesting um 
But it's, yeah, it's just, and and so again, this episode, you know, that this conflict continues to arise with Samantha and the, the sex workers, hookers, you know, I don't really know exactly what to say, but, um, and, you know, Samantha tries at first to talk to them and say like, Hey, like, to lower you know, the sound. I've, I, Right. Like just kind of like keep it down a little bit. And they have this like awkward moment where they're kind of like cheering her on. And she does this like snap like, I know I did. It's like she kind yeah. of also does that. Yeah. She pulls it more off than Carrie. I know. Um, but that's saying not a lot. Don't but, I know it. And then. <laughs> don't I know it. And then, you know, eventually, you know, Samantha kind of thinks it's resolved. And then she's having sex with this guy. Very like sweaty kind of weird sex that made me feel uncomfortable to watch it. I don't know about you. And they're still being really loud. And so Samantha takes the obsession to the next level and fills a pot of water, fills a pot up with water and then throws it out the window, hitting one of them, knocking their wig off. I am a tax-paying citizen and a member of the Young Women's Business Association. I don't have to put up with this shit. Maybe forget them and come back to bed. But there was nothing anyone could do to stop her. Samantha was a woman obsessed. She had a date with destiny. China and Joe. No E. Take this, ladies! I'm... I know. I know. Which is that assault? I mean I mean the other two were laughing is hysterically. That a yeah. <laughs> I mean the other two were laughing at the at her, but yeah, I think it was full Karen mode. <laughs> yeah, she she went full Karen. Karen um, tracker. And and you activated. And then the, and then <laughs> and then one of the um the hookers ends up uh, throwing egging the window the next day and i have a right and i have a question for our resident mathematician jason <laughs> i'm really curious at the velocity and like speed and whatever of <laughs> which the egg is thrown in which in what damage could be done to somebody's face by being egged <laughs> like that like i really was like that looks so fucking painful to be like, thrown an egg in the face of jason we're thinking like 20 feet and that she had quite an arm on her. Yeah. <laughs> the muscles do not lie. That egg was thrown fucking hard. Um, but yeah. And so eventually this all comes to like a head, which and, and somehow, Samantha, somehow Samantha has like basically like a neighborhood standing Israeli peace talks with them and they make up like a peace. As like a, yeah, and, with a neighborhood barbecue on her roof yeah and they have that and if anyone watches this scene you could watch this scene you know 20 times in a row and you will find something (laughs) new and weird in the scene if you pause it and look around at the extras oh my god yes exactly the biggest group of misfits i've ever seen in like extras so absolutely they They defy race, age, sex, (laughs) hair color, weight. It's just a random bag of people. Um, This is like a foreshadow doing just like that. It's like. Yeah, Look right. The, like we're gonna dabble in this and see who the is this diversity? Yes. <laughs> Black people with dreadlocks interacting with old white women. It's just like so weird. I did love but, all the yeah, out, like the colors yeah. of the outfits that the girls had on the rooftop. I know that's like an aside. I don't know. There was like there was like a fun color lavender no, it, color scheme going on. 
Yeah, it was total like summer in the city, hot weather chic, like lots of cute patterns. Um, They mentioned that drink vodka, pineapple, and champagne. And that yeah. makes me want to like drink alcohol. Like that's drinks are you, so fucking good. Oh my God. I literally have the, wrote the exact opposite. It literally makes me want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm ordering you when you get here. <laughs> I literally wrote down, I was like, mm, mama wants a drink. So, you know, I haven't had a drink since like October. So maybe I just like, honestly, I drink mocktails now with pineapple juice. And so I think I just like pineapple juice, but uh, they were called thirteenies and they sounded delicious. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put an Insta poll and I'm going to see what people feel. <laughs> That's a like, great idea. Initial reaction is. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Um, Hilarious. Uh, oh, I do. I did Gil- laugh when um, someone was. I can't remember what the line was on the rooftop where Samantha's grilling like hot dogs. And it's like, uh, anyone want a wiener? And he's like, <laughs> or she's like the uh, hooker quote unquote was saying, I'm trying to lose mine. I'm trying to cut mine off or something. <laughs> trying to get rid of my <laughs> I thought it was just like just such a basic it's, pun that like made me giggle. It's so absurd. So there's one point like talking about like cutting off dicks in which um <laughs> oh, wait, Samantha yeah. yells down, "You keep talking and I'll come down there and cut it off for you." <laughs> which is wild. Like it's so offensive. <laughs> You, like that, that is like so threat. terrible. It's so. <laughs> I will come I down know. the stairs and castrate you. I know. I think one of my like favorite lines <laughs> from Samantha this episode, because it's, it's something so I definitely wrong. uttered at times, is she's like, I am a tax paying citizen and a member of the Young Women's Business Bureau. I don't have to put up with this shit. That, that again, that is <laughs> Karen. Mode unlocked. I know. <laughs> that is. I know. A white woman was, of Instagram. So um, <laughs> so fucking. Yeah, white woman. Instagram. Come um, down there and cut it off. Like you can't. Like that would never be written. <laughs> no, like none of this would ever be written ever. Um, this is a we are in a time capsule in this episode. Yeah. So I'm curious what you what everyone thinks after watching this. Like to me, I I wasn't like offended by it. Again, I'm not in that community. So maybe if somebody like if I was trans and I watched this, maybe it would be offensive. I don't know. To me, it was just funny because it was so bad that I, it's like yeah, you exactly. almost like, have to laugh at it. Exactly. Um, That's why. It's it's funny just because to see like where we are now. That's why it's funny. It's just I know <laughs> it's so aggressive. It's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought overall like this was a pretty decent episode. Yeah, even though it was like super offensive and not of the time now. But I think it was an overall great episode. Should, should we ch- chat quickly about Charlotte? Absolutely. I mean, what? What a development. Trey comes knocking with, you know, cock-a-doodle-doo. Yeah. Schooner, sales are up. So right before Trey surprises Charlotte, the girls are at brunch and, you know, Charlotte's remarking on how, like, it's so weird to be at brunch ordering her egg whites with the girls again as, like, a single person. But she's not single. She's actually, like, 34 and divorced. She'll never be single again. So now she's nostalgic about being single. 
as opposed to like a divorcee. And, um, you know, she's kind of asking questions out loud and she's like, did I try hard enough? And my Samantha Zinger is hard being the operative word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, that's a classic Samantha line. <laughs> Absolutely classic. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how I felt about this, to be honest, about. Tr- well, actually, I do know how I feel about this. Charlotte's in her new apartment and she gets a surprise visitor, which I think would be terrifying. But Trey sees that the light is on at Charlotte's place and, you know, invites himself over and um, says that he's basically like so like sexually aroused at the prospect of her like not being at the house at the apartment. (laughs) And when you say it that way, it's so sad. (laughs) Exactly. And exactly like it's sad. Like for me, that is just I just thought it was such a bummer. Like I know that she was excited and it was she was, you know, excited to have like, you know, sex for maybe like the second time with Trey, like fun, exciting sex. And so I'm happy for Charlotte in that regard. But it's depressing. He like doesn't want to like he's not attracted to her unless like he can't have her. In the same way that well, Big is like attracted to Carrie more when she's with Aiden and he can't have her. And it just I don't like that. No, and, and he even admits, you know, I I I hadn't felt that urgency for you or that desire for you until before the engagement. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of a long time, man, to like not want the one you're with. And especially when you hadn't been going out that long to begin with, like you had a very quick engagement. So, And then we learned that Trey never wanted to even be married, which is the first time I like, I don't know. I thought that was surprising that they revealed that about the character at this moment. Yeah. And I I think it actually kind of reads well for the character, though, because I think Trey lives a very um, uh, a very what's the right word? Programmed life of a a routine, conventional, conventional. Right. And I think there's a lot of conventions in his life in which he's just kind of followed with like, all righty, then like be the good son, go to medical school, do tennis, marry the beautiful Upper East Side. It really feels like he's checking things off. Um, I think Trey needs to like discover his like kinky side, I think. I think Trey needs to like step out of the conventions. And I think maybe this is what's doing it for him. Like maybe having sex outside of marriage and like when it's kind of wrong, right? Like Charlotte's like, we're separated. And Mm -hmm. that like gets him going. Um, yeah, I think Trey needs to, well, as we see with Trey and Charlotte, this separation is actually kind of what brings them back together. Yeah. For, for a bit of time. Um, I think that's about it though with them, right? Yes. But I do have one random, random carry tracker. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. And I'm really curious if anyone else saw this. I'm 99% sure of what I saw and why I'm calling it out. They are all moving in Charlotte's apartment. Charlotte has a nice apartment. Charlotte lives in New York City. Who do you think is the only person wearing fucking shoes in the apartment on the carpet? Carrie. Mm. Carrie does not take her heels off when she's in the apartment. And that really bothered me. Anyone knows when you walk into an apartment in New York City, you you take your shoes off. Or you ask, do you want me to take my shoes off? 
do you want to? Like, I... Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was such a perfect thing for Carrie to be the only one. Samantha has her shoes off. Charlotte does. And Miranda, but except Carrie. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, any fashion call-outs? Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Okay, this is such a random one, but... I'm going to give a great fashion call out to Big's terry cloth robe. My God, that looked luxurious. Yeah. It's like in a hotel. Yeah. I love a nice hotel robe. I don't know about anybody else. I love them. I yeah. like putting them on and that just totally did it for me. I really liked Carrie's um, floral halter top at the end. Um, I thought it was really cute. It had like a cross back. There was actually some. There, I oh, also, my other fashion call out is I really like Charlotte's kind of like emerald green slip nightgown dress yes. at the end. Yes, they're in the kitchen post coital. Yes, hair is messy. I love that. I love it when they do her hair like with yes. natural texture, more volume. Yeah, what are you gonna rate this episode? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I'm writing my rating down right now, so I'm not swayed. Um, I'm going to give this a 4.25. Me too. That's our finale right there. Yes, I gave it a 4.25. Wow, totally in sync. So yeah, um, also, I have to tell you when we're in LA all about what I did this past weekend. And (gasps) I will mention it for the season four premiere. And I will give you ladies all the inside scoop of something I did this weekend with little HP and Zoe. So I can't wait to share. And I also cannot wait to be in LA so soon. Yes. Well, that's it. That was season three. um, Miranda's listeners. Um, And we are really excited to start season four with you. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Like, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, Ideally, good reviews. Uh, No, we would, we just like positivity. And then um, our our Instagram is themirandaspod and our email is themirandaspod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the podcast, shoot us an email. DM us. Email us. DM us. We um, have loved having people on. So yeah, it's it's great. Uh, come on <laughs> it's, it's down. Um, yeah, we don't really post on the grid, but we post stories a couple times a week. So check out our Instagram. Respond to some of our polls. Yeah, um, they always air before the episode. Yeah, or right when the episode airs. So yes. All right. Well, we will see you <laughs> next week. Next season. Our little... Bye, little cockadoodle-doos. Bye, our little cockadoos.